Welcome back to our Total Sense Bite Size episodes. I'm Tom Hensky, and I'm here to help parents teach their kids about money. Welcome back. Today, I'm going to give you a glimpse into sports gambling and the scene in college. I actually have a college student with us today. Do you realize that 67% of all college students bet on sports? It's really unbelievable. And a recent study just came out that said 6% of college students in the U.S. report having a gambling problem. My bet is that this is going to get worse. It's a continuing trend, and we as parents need to be responsible to at least have conversations with our kids. So for today's episode, we're going to go right to the source a college student who we're going to call John Doe, just to protect his identity. John's a college student who's agreed to share his experience with sports gambling. Hey, John, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing awesome. Let's jump right in. So tell me, what's your experience with sports gambling? Um, me personally, it's kind of something that uh, kind of takes place, I guess, in like a group setting with all your friends. And it's more so... Uh, during the major sports season. So you'll have, you got football season, basketball season, and then you kind of find love for new sports through gambling, um, which is like hockey, all that sort of stuff. Um, and then it's just kind of, it's, it's kind of like, Oh yeah, I think this team is going to win. And then it's from like when somebody would always tell me to put my money where my mouth is, and then you actually do it. So that's what sports gambling is. And then there's just so many more steps from there. So that statistic, 67% of college students are betting on sports. Is that real? That seems kind of high to me. I think it's very, very, very real. Um, and I've watched kids that I, like classmates of mine that aren't sports fans, but are like, oh, I can make money off of this. And there's websites where you can pay to have like some advanced analytics or statistics, and they just feed you the bets. Every website has their claim to fame with certain profitability that like guarantee, like this is our profitability, this is our record. And so kids just bet mindlessly and whether they're making money or a uh, losing money. It's, that's where the addiction of it kind of comes from. So where does it start? Does it start in high school and then continues in college? Or is it you get to college and that's when it kind of kicks off? No pun intended. I'd, I'd say I'd say there's always a few kids that started maybe like senior year in high school or that summer before you go to college. And me personally, it was kind of like that summer before I went to college and it was the NBA playoffs. And I was like, hmm. And then once you get to college, and I think it's probably can depend on the size of your school, but like, say you go to a school with a big football team, there's all that camaraderie surrounding that. And then everybody's like, oh, I'm going to start betting on the games. And then it expands to every game um, that you're interested in, college football, NFL football. I think football being kind of the sport in America or either that or baseball being the first one in that school year is what drives a lot of it. Okay, so help me through this, right? Imagine I'm a student and I hadn't gambled in high school. I get to college. What is the introduction usually like? A bunch of people sitting around and they're gambling and then someone says, oh, that's cool. I want to try that out. How does that progression work? Well, so for me, it was kind of like you... I had done it before, but it wasn't something that I was going to like, you know, I was like, it's whatever. And then there's always somebody that did it like 
a while all through their senior year. And like, it's the cool kid. And then like six months later, you find out, no, that's the kid that's addicted um, and actually couldn't stop gambling. Um, and so it's just like, oh yeah, you know, you go through a week where you're like, oh, I think so-and-so is going to win this game. So-and-so is going to win this game. And then you're like, I'm going to start betting on that. And then you get introduced to like the concept of what the spreads are and all of that. And it's just so fun to, I guess, like dissect that, like you'll have an opinion on a game and then you see what the books think. Um, and then everybody's just sharing their opinion. What really gets people that are novices in the space is the concept of a parlay where you can click a bunch of teams that you think are going to win and you see that huge payout number. And you're like, I don't see how this is going to miss. And it always does. Um, and so I think just seeing that huge number makes it feel like you're almost not losing that much money because you're putting it on the table for a huge payout. And I think that's what gets people hooked. Okay, so is this just the major sports like uh, NBA, um, baseball, uh, football, or does it get more granular into other sports? So it's definitely where it starts. Um, and this might make you laugh, but I think it gets it gets to a place where maybe you lose your bets for, for that day and it's one in the morning and Japanese baseball is being played and you see that on your website. And I know kids that are like, I'm going to put a bunch of money on this Japanese baseball team because one team is going to win and one team is going to lose. And so I have a 50-50 shot and it's Japanese baseball or it's cricket. Or I had a friend that bet a bunch of money on a Russian ping pong game that he couldn't even watch just because he had lost all his money betting on the sports he knew. And so I guess it's that sort of like instant gratification where it's like, I can't wait for the next week of football games to bet on. I am going to try to make even more money now. And that is just, that's where the slope begins. And so I think it starts in the major sports and then it gets pretty crazy after that. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking as I'm listening to you. So if I'm a college student and all of my friends are doing this, it sounds like a lot, not just the games themselves, but the banter and the research that goes on before. So I'm kind of thinking that if I'm not going to gamble, I'm pretty much out on a lot of those conversations, right? Is that, am I getting that right? So maybe you're not out on the conversation, but there's definitely a thing where everybody's talking about it. And then you can be the person that isn't gambling, but I feel like you're sort of invalidated because nobody wants to hear from you if you're not actually betting on it. And certainly nobody wants to hear you say that you were right if you didn't bet on it and they lost money. I, I, I would say you're kind of right where it's kind of like you're, you're almost out on it a little bit just because nobody wants to hear about it if you're not betting on it. Um, I'm laughing right now because I'm thinking back to when I was in high school and then in college, and it was about alcohol, right? It's mm -hmm. like you would go to a party if you're not drinking, kind of like everyone's doing it. Like that's what used to be the line that we used to say. And now it sounds like the new drinking in college is sports betting. Well, it's both now. There's just <laughs> drinking didn't go anywhere. I didn't mean to make them mutually exclusive, right? <laughs> yeah. probably, it probably is more de more detrimental that there's no that they're doing those together because the bets probably yeah. get worse, right? Oh, they gosh. definitely get worse. All right, we'll have to save that for a different episode, though. So, okay, <laughs> so now take me through it, okay? What happens? Like, you decide that you want to place a bet. 
Is it that you guys are throwing money in a in a bowl in the middle of your dorm room and like then the winner gets the pot or is this are you using an app? How does this get done? So it's I think the more I guess the more high school style of it is you're in the cafeteria at lunch and you're like, oh, I'll bet you uh, I'll bet you five bucks that the Warriors win tonight. And that's how that works. And I don't I I would have maybe like in high school considered that sports gambling and I would laugh at somebody considering that sports gambling now, because I think the way the way it works, at least in my experience and all my friends' experiences, everybody has a website of their choice. And whether it's and obviously when it starts in college, nobody's of age. So it's either an offshore, like an offshore site um, where you can place your bets through it. Or what's also common is a bookie where they'll where you'll just say that you're putting X amount of money on this bet. And then if it loses, then you pay your bookie. And if it hits, they pay you what they owe you. Um, and so I'm, I guess, fortunate enough to have just decided to keep it within the website. But I had no friends that because they don't actually see the money leave their account when they place a bet with a bookie, get in trouble because they're like, I'm putting $500 on this. And then it doesn't happen. And then they're like, I have $600 in my bank account because they're a college student. And so, you know, there were times where in my dorm hall freshman year, I'd have there'd be kids coming upstairs and they're like, yeah, do you know where so-and-so is? Like, I'm his bookie. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, that, so that really it, happens. That's like a, it yeah. seems like a movie that a movie That's a thing. Wow. So, OK. Yeah. And so the bookie comes up the stairs. Does the bookie come armed with a gun or is it a no. big muscly guy like the, the TV I mean, shows? What, what's going, alone. And, and it's a knock on the door and they say, where's my money? Yeah. I'm like, where's my money? Because, you know, that's kind of because the bookie has to then like, then you place the bet through like his sort of credit. So he needs your money back because he's like running that book because it can be profitable for kids. So some kids that'll like, maybe they have more experience in it. They decide to start their own book and they'll like try to take advantage of other kids that are just starting because sports betting is statistically not profitable um, because people make bets that don't hit because upsets always happen. Um, and so it, it always ends in some sort of, at least for the bookie stuff, in my experience, it always ends in some sort of conflict. And then what happens when that kid makes the bet that goes over his skis, so to say, right, and can't pay, what is the bookie's recourse? Well, that bookie some somehow has to get money from that kid or like that kid is now in debt to him. Um, and so, you know, I had friends that were like trying to like, they would like place a bet and then they would block the bookie on all social media, all like messages. Um, so the bookie couldn't contact him and it's like kind of a cat and mouse game to get the money back. It's wild. Do you have any examples of people who then became addicted and how that played out? So there was one kid that I knew freshman year um, and he was in debt to his bookie and it wasn't that much money. And I say that not because $50 isn't a lot of money, but I say that because of what that debt then became. Um, so he was in debt $50 and his way of making that money was not going to try to work or something. He decided that he wanted to log on to a website. He was going to play 
blackjack um, and try to get his money back. And he ended up losing a ton of money there. And so like he put money in from his bank account to that website. So he gets rid of a hundred dollars that he had. And so just that kid trying to just like chase the money um, and then just get deeper into the amount of money that he lost and then eventually had to pay the bookie. But just watching that was as somebody that had just started sports gambling and just placing like $1 bets to win $2. Um, I watched that and I'm like, this is, this is dangerous. So I will say you're kind of introduced to the dangers pretty quickly because there's always somebody going over the top. And then what sort of help does a kid like that get? Does the university have lots of things, a lot of communication on it if you have a problem with this? Or is it just kind of left to his own devices or his family's help to get out of it? It's more so left at your own devices just because I think it's uh, it's something not a lot of kids at the age of 18, 19 are like willing to say that like, oh, this thing that I just started doing last year is like making a big negative impact on my life. and it's an addiction. Uh, there's not a lot of people that are willing to say that. Like there's a phrase that goes around colleges where it's like, Oh, you can't be an addict if you're in college, like regardless of what it is, whether it's drinking, gambling, everybody's like, it's whatever you can do it in college. Um, and so that, uh, it's kind of like you're left, you're left at your own devices with that sort of stuff and whether or not you want to be responsible or not is kind of up to that person. Wow. And so the question that comes to mind is with most of your buddies, do their parents know that they're gambling? Um, so most of my buddies, it's we're kind of, I guess, more in the responsible regime of it. So like my parents and my friends' parents, like we have parents that are like, oh, like what what what's your what are you betting on? Um, not so they can bet, but just because they'll like watch a game and and they're like, oh, my son has a bet on this. And I would say because I've shared openly and honestly with my parents about it. Um, and my friends I know have done that too. So where it's like kind of their parents are almost comfortable with it because they know that my friends and I aren't just like throwing away humongous sums of money. It's like $5 bets or less. And then I have, I have, um, I have friends that their parents after their first semester of freshman year uh, threatened to send them to community college for the second semester because they were like, I'm we're they're paying for um, that their kids college. And they're like, I'm not paying for your college if you're just taking the money that you have and throwing it down the drain, because I'd imagine as a parent, that wouldn't be an acceptable thing to find out. And do you hear anything from the school trying to educate kids before this happens is there any like you get to your college campus and you have all these introductory meetings here's your dorm here's where you're going to eat and here is you know some things to be aware of drinking drugs sports gambling is there anything like that or is that just hush hush it's like the unsaid you know don't ask don't tell i think it's it's very hush hush and i think it's something that'll change pretty soon um because there's, you hear it heavily starting in seventh grade about drinking and alcohol, uh, drinking and drugs, where you have all those programs like Dare and stuff, and they make you take like an online, um, an online course for like a couple hours before you go to college. Um, 
at least my school did. And there's absolutely nothing about sports gambling where it's kind of like you're educating yourself and you're either going to not do it at all, do it responsibly, um, which is tough because there's like a happy medium you have to find. Um, and then you can either go or you can go way over the top with it. Well, I got to ask you that word responsible. What is responsible sports gambling? Like, where's that line? I'm sure it's gray, but give me a feel yeah. from a college student's perspective. Where's the line? So it's very gray. And I would also say it's a myth, but it's only considered responsible in comparison to the rest of it. Um, because I think it's just like you keep your money in sports betting. And so like uh, me personally and a bunch of my friends do, we have like Excel sheets where it's like, okay, this is how much I put in this month. And at the end of the month, I'm going to withdraw more than that. And if I don't have more than that, no money gets put in until I do. And then it comes out. So it's always like profitable and it's always a low number. Um, and so I guess being organized with it and being aware of how much is going in and how much is going out is responsible in my eyes, because once you kind of lose track of that and it's kind of just blindly happening, money's going in, money's going out, you don't know how much compared to where you started is where you kind of get to that irresponsible um, place, because I don't think it's as big of a deal if you win a lot of money. That's a big deal and it's a lot of fun, but you feel it when you lose a lot. And so that's kind of where being irresponsible kind of hits you over the head pretty quick. Well, gosh, I'm have, I'm in a little bit of a confusion here because I felt like this topic should reside in chapter 12 of my book, which is money safety. And now I'm starting to think it should go in chapter four, which is budgeting based on yeah. what you said. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's budgeting within it um, because it's, again, it's something like that is an addiction. So I know that like I was told by like teachers and like they tell you before you go to college and it's like when it comes to like going out, like make a budget of this is how much I'm spending each week when I go out because college students love to go out. And then it's kind of like, you know, taking what you learned there and you're like, oh, wait, I can apply that to this in order to keep track of my money because keeping track of your money is important, especially when there's something that is highly addictive attached to it, whether it's, you know, spending money to buy drinks or spending money to place bets. I think it's kind of similar. The only thing is one of them you can do from your couch. So that's kind of the danger in it. And have you had to have any um, casual interventions with any of your friends to sit, sit yeah. them down and say, hey, you need to slow it down? Yeah. Um, one of my, one of my roommates, um, in my freshman year, I was kind of the one that kind of introduced him to it. Um, and then watched him very quickly take it from like something that was fun where you're like, you know, week one of college football season rolls around like, Oh, Alabama is going to win by this much. Like I'll bet on that. And then you watch the game and you're like, Oh, I lost five bucks or, Oh, I made 10 bucks. And then taking that to the casino games, which are often included in every single website because the websites need to make money. So they're not hiding those games from people. And you, you know, watched him take winnings from a bet and then put it right into a game like roulette, which has zero skill or zero, you know, 
Cause there's, there's always something that can give you an edge with a sports bet, like a stat. Oh, this team has won by this much for the last, there's no statistics to a red and black wheel that's spinning around. And so just watching him put money into that and lose it all. And what, you know, started that was he took money from a sports bet, put it into a game like roulette and won a ton of money and then put it onto a sports bet. And that hit and won a ton of money and then watched him, you know, I left the room one day and went down and played pool with one of my friends and he called me and he's like, Hey, I just lost uh, $1,100. And I'm like, what? And so just that, and it almost, I almost felt like responsible for that because I was the one that was like, Hey, this is what sports betting is. Um, but that's, yeah, there's a lot of wake up calls for people that start it. What's considered a big bet? Uh, I mean, that's always um, kind of a subjective thing, but you kind of, there's a way to keep track of it. So like everybody will have like, it's called a unit. Um, and it's like, you know, my unit number, for example, would be like $5. And so like, I'll put one unit on this bet, two units on the bet I'm maybe more confident in. And it keeps the money kind of coming in groups, like $5 intervals. And then um, there's people that would laugh at a $5 unit and be like, my units are $20. And, you know, that, so I guess it's all subjective off to what your unit is. But I guess to me, if I heard somebody was putting $50 on something, my eyes would widen and some people would be like, that's it. Um, and so I would say there's a lot of, uh, kind of call it unit shaming that happens, you know, early on where somebody's like, Hey, you, you only bet $5 on that. Like you're not even betting. And so, you know, depending on your personality, you could be like, Oh, okay. Like I'm not betting. I'm going to put $10 on it next time or 25. And so. Wow. So a little peer pressure there, right? A little bit of peer pressure. Absolutely. Peer pressure. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So what's your words of wisdom? So if you were, let's say a high school kid has never gambled, but you're sitting down and you're talking to them. Now, look, you're responsible, it sounds like, the way that you're doing it. I know that you're in touch with your parents about it. Your parents yeah. would be all over you if anything, if they felt yes. like that you were getting out of control, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So imagine like someone's graduating high school and you sit down with them for lunch and you're giving them your words of wisdom on this topic. What would you tell them? So I think it's it's super cliche to say don't because I mean if if you don't great um but I've you know I had everybody tell me that I know like older people friends of my parents like don't do it don't do it and it's just sometimes it's just not realistic like sometimes somebody's going to do it um and I would say once or if that is something that you start doing, I would say to immediately be very organized with it. Sometimes it can be like, you know, oh, that's so tedious or like my website keeps track of it for me. Um, and I would always just, I would I would say that like, it's very important to be in touch with your money. Um, and it's very important to like, know how much is going in, know how much is going out and stay consistent. Um, because I'll say that something that, kind of was because everybody gets a wake up call at some point or another where it's like, oh, this is something that's dangerous because it's never just go through your sports gambling experience scot-free. That's not a thing Um, where I was like putting just a random amount of money 
based on how confident I was in it and then something I was very confident and didn't happen. And I was like, whoa. And so it's very important to be very organized and like, okay, this is going $5 at a time. And I would say absolutely start small. Like there's no, the, uh, the peer pressure is something that you by no means can cave into because that's where it becomes dangerous. There's always going to be somebody putting $25 on every single bet right out of the gates, $50. And you don't know how much money that kid has, his parents have, but, but you know, that's just not being responsible with your money. There's no shame in putting a dollar on something and kind of tiptoeing your way into the space if you're going to. Um, and I would say to start small is absolutely a key and be very organized. You heard it right from the horse's mouth. The horse named John Doe for our conversation today. John, thank you so much for sharing. Parents needed to hear this. I think that it's just a matter of having a conversation with your kids before they start. Just making yeah. them aware of what responsible uh, investing is, what being responsible means, and the guidelines mm -hmm. that they should have in thinking about it. So thanks so much for joining us today. Appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed our episode of Total Sense. A special thank you goes out to Verso Studios at the Westport Library. Tune in for our next Money Chat.